Trade. Welcome back to Live Trade. I'm Gina Beck. This is Drew Williams. Thank you for listening, liking, commenting, and subscribing. I appreciate y'all, especially the reviews on Apple Podcasts. It really means a lot. And thank you guys again, like always, for the continued support and the hashtag Banana Cats. How are you, Drew? I'm good, G. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm excited to get into this podcast. Yeah, let's do this. Uh, I got one that's pretty crazy, honestly. Investigation of alleged child abuse leads to arrest of Goldana police chief, child's mother, and grandmother. This was reported November 2nd, and I'm sorry if I pronounce this wrong, from Natchitoches Parish, Louisiana. On Wednesday, November 4th at 9.30 p.m., the MPSO Sheriff's Detectives arrested Teresa Jurgensen, 51, of Goldana on criminal arrest warrant signed by the 10th Judicial District Court Judge for principal to cruelty to juveniles in connection with alleged involvement in the child abuse investigation involving her grandchild. The investigation began on Friday, October 30th which resulted in the child being removed from the home by the state's DCFS caseworkers on Monday, November 2nd. Two other people identified as Godana, police chief Joe Hines, the grandmother's boyfriend, and Casey Smidley, the child's mother, remain incarcerated at the Natchitoches Parish Detention Center, charged with cruelty to juveniles. No bond has been set. And this is a little bit of a short article. We'll link it down below. There's not a lot of information about it, but apparently there is video evidence of the abuse and it involves the police chief, which is pretty crazy. And it's, it must be pretty serious considering I, I couldn't find anything that was more than what we just read. And you said there's no bond, right? No bond on any of them. Interesting. Yeah. So that's pretty serious. It's very serious, and it's very scary to think that somebody in such a such a huge position that's supposed to be a leader of a community is abusing children. It's just, you know, it shouldn't be shocking to us, but it always is. Always, and it, it's even more shocking when they do have a bond, you know, or they do get let out early or just probation. It, it's kind of not, but it is at the same time because these are the kind of people that should be put away longer than anyone. So it's like, the heck are you doing? But at least this guy doesn't have a bond. And as soon as we find out more, we'll let y'all know. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna be trying to keep up on this one. As soon as any information drops, the next episode will we'll, we'll include it. So this story takes place in Colorado. There is a kidnapping of a child. But surprisingly, the child was unharmed. Usually we tell like 99% of the time sad, heartbreaking stories. And I'm sorry, guys, that we do that. But we tell stories that the media and news doesn't tell, which is the sad, heartbreaking things. Fortunately, this is not a sad, heartbreaking one. This child was abducted on a Tuesday evening after a run-in in Colorado, but the child was rescued unarmed during a traffic stop of all things. In Nebraska, authorities arrested George Williamson, who was 31 years old, and the state patrol said in a news release that it received a report about 6.15 p.m. that a man had assaulted a woman in Sedgwick County, Colorado, and then drove off in her vehicle, which is super scary for any woman in that situation, especially when you have a child. Luckily, the state patrol got that notification of that happening and was able to see the child 
still inside the car, notice the child and be able to rescue that child. The suspect was believed to be traveling eastbound in Interstate 80 in Nebraska. The troopers located the vehicle. It was a Mazda 3, and it was less than an hour later near North Platte, Nebraska. Pulled him over. The suspect was taken into custody without incident, and the child was found inside the car and reunited with the family. Um, it's unclear if any relationship the suspect had to the child, and there's no other details, but thankfully the kid was rescued. That's all that matters, and it's just, it's a crazy situation, but at least we're telling you good news and not bad news. I was going to just say that in most cases when you describe these type of stories, especially when they start going over state lines and stuff, it, they don't end like this. Like, I mean, this is this no. is probably the best case scenario for such a terrible thing to happen to not only a child, but the mother too. I mean, until she got her kid back, I'm sure she was in absolute agony. So good on those the cops and everything and all that working out. That's awesome to hear. Right. And imagine in that situation where your child is taken from you, I'm sure all she was thinking is, I wish he would have taken me. You know, I wish it would have been me. Why did you, why did he pick my daughter? You know, just things like that. So had to have been a heartbreaking, stressful situation for her. And she probably did not, you know, was not able to cope and come back to reality until her kid was in her arms. And thankfully that that happened for her. Yeah, that's a, it's like I said, it's a it's a rare ending, and it's good to hear that it it it, it did happen. I got another article. This kind of goes another direction. This is a little weird, and I wanted to get your perspective on it because I I I got questions that I don't think we're ever going to get answered, but we should at least discuss them. This comes out of the UK from October twentieth. It's out of a, a town just east of London called Grays. The title is. Gray's man had child abuse pictures to embarrass his stepdaughter. An angry man told police wow. he posed as a teen online to download indecent images to embarrass a troublesome stepdaughter. Kevin Batchford has been spared jail after making and distributing indecent images of children. The 47-year-old of Felicia Way, Gray's, had his home, had his home raided September 8, 2018 and had various computer equipment seized. It was later found Batchford had eight category B and 22 category C of child abuse. At the Bazalian Crown Court on Monday, Peter Clark, prosecuting, said he asserts that he had no sexual interest or gratification from the images. Mr. Clark said Batchford had used the online dating site MyLOL, an app made for teenagers, and was purporting to be a teenager himself. In mitigation, the court heard Batchford's stepdaughter had gone off the rails and that his behavior started as an attempt to contact her but led him to offending. It was said that Batchford was getting the images to get her in trouble and that he, if he went to prison, it would, because his partner, it would cause his partner emotional and physical d- distress. Sentencing judge Andrew Hurst told Batchford, there appears to have been some sort of revenge going on. Whether she acted wrong or not, what you did was out of proportion. Whether this was some form of revenge or sexual gratification remains extremely serious. Judge Hurst gave Batchford four months in prison, suspended for two years, 40 days of rehabilitation, and 280 hours of unpaid work. He added, whatever else was going on in the past, it all stops now. So, to me... 
this seems like he used a really dumb excuse to get out of possession of CP. That's kind of exactly what it sounds like. I was going to say, did he, did he just get away with it? I, he got a fine. <laughs> he, did, like. he didn't get paid. He got all his pay removed for 280 hours. He got 40 days of rehabilitation and he served four months in prison. So either you're going to see a, you know, an increase in people using that kind of excuse, right? Or along the lines of that kind of excuse now? Because, I mean, that's in the news. It's something that anybody can read. I mean, you're just you're just giving <laughs> these people a way to get around something. You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy. I'm just trying to grasp around how... How are you punishing your, like, how do you come around to that as I'm going to use this as a way to embarrass my, and like discipline well, my I'm the child? kind of person, right. I'm the kind of person that likes to put myself in other people's shoes. Okay. And I like to see things from their point of view. So the only logical thing that I could think of with this situation is his daughter might be she's obviously at the age where more boys are on her radar right and she might be talking to more boys maybe she got caught sending nudes to boys we don't know the context right so maybe he is trying to detour her from talking to other boys by being that boy okay i see that for one it's uh, it's weird that is weird okay for two why not just sit her down and go about it by showing her like real life situations rather than you being the situation. You know what I mean? Why not something that I've recommended in past podcasts and to parents in my messages is go find the articles that pertain to your guys' situation, stock up on them, print them out if your kid can't be on a device and make them read it like it's homework. You know, say your kid got caught sending nudes through snapchat go find snapchat articles pertaining to a child being kidnapped from talking to someone on snapchat from their nudes being leaked because of sending them to someone on snapchat you can find any kind of article for any kind of situation and it helps so doing this is kind of another step further it's it's like borderline perverted right it's you're just you're crossing a boundary that doesn't need to be crossed because i feel like going into the situation and if you say that your daughter was going off the rails or whatever you know exactly what'll happen you know that you're going to be receiving things that you probably don't want to receive why even do it then why even put yourself in that situation and it's a stepdaughter so you're not even blood that makes it even more Weird I mean, because we, we hear again context. She might it might be stepdaughter, but it might be her dad. You know what I mean? Like that's the one that raised her. Oh, it doesn't say specifically. Yeah, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. And you know what you were saying? There might be something to that because I just looked up the uh, what category B images and category C. Category B in the UK is possession of images involving non-penetrative sexual activity, and then class C. It's just a broad definition. It, it's like suggestive or nudist environment. So maybe there is something to what you were saying. 
Right. And getting to the point of receiving those pictures, you have to be talking about lewd things, which I feel like is just so, I couldn't imagine even being a step parent, you know, and, and having these conversations with my kid that's in the next room. <laughs> it is insane. It's not, it's not normal. It's not, I don't think healthy. You know, there's a, there's therapists. I'm not saying that therapists work. Everybody has uh, their different beliefs, but they help. They helped me when I was a teenager. And so there's just other ways to go about things, I feel like. I feel like this is just, I'm not surprised that law enforcement got involved. And if he did go to jail, say he didn't just get off with probation or whatever. What did he end up with? Probation, right? Yeah, two years of rehabilitation and like 280 hours of unpaid so say he got like 15 years in prison. I would say good because that is something that you shouldn't even have a thought in your mind to play with, I feel like. I would say good to that. So I'm not condoning that, but I'm just trying to put myself in his shoes to see why he would do something like that. And that's the only logical thing that I could come up with on a whim. I don't condone it, but if that was his thinking... He should have maybe consulted with other people to make sure it was the right thing to do before pulling the trigger. And just know, if you're listening, don't do that. It's disgusting. Don't, don't, don't do that. If you do that, I think you're a weirdo. Go look up some articles, show your kids some real life stuff instead of sheltering them and trying to be in their, trying to be their boyfriend. That's weird. And that's exactly why I wanted your perspective on this article. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Now I want to talk about something in Texas. I love Texas personally. My best friend lives in Texas, and I've, I've come to love it more and more. So I like talking about Texas. Well, Texas hits a milestone in rescuing victims of child abduction. I think that's amazing. In Dallas especially. At the end of 2019, Texas had reported 54,214 people missing. It was listed in the state's database. 42,093 of those victims were under the age of 17. Many were feared to be victims of abduction that had to do with trafficking. With those numbers staggering even for a state with a population of 29 million, there is some good news. The Texas Department of Public Safety last month reached a milestone when it announced that its officers had rescued their 500th missing child since 2009. Some might say, you know, 2009 to 2019, it's not a big number. Some would say it's huge. I say no matter the number, it's amazing because those are 500 children who were without their parents for a good amount of time, even a short amount of time, and now they're back with them. The state adopted a specialized training program that teaches patrol officers to identify the signs of missing, exploited, or at-risk children during routine traffic stops or encounters, which is amazing. Because usually you think that those police officers are kind of oblivious to the things that ICAC does, Internet Crimes Against Children. They're very two different jobs. So you would think that they'd be a little oblivious, so it's good that they're getting training on this kind of thing because... They see it more than anyone, even if they didn't see it. You know what I mean? It's in front of their faces way more than anyone. So the introduction of the protection of children, it's called IPC, the program teaches patrol officers and other law enforcement agents how to spot indicators of trafficking 
and to conduct during roadside investigations that can eventually lead to a rescue. There's a whole program about it and a lot of people are in the force are taking the program. It was developed in 2008 after the public safety saw a need for comprehensive training programs. That's amazing. So the program is now the gold standard in training other law enforcement across the country as well. They have certified more than 10,000 people around the globe. In the 10 years of training, the program has been taught to law enforcement prosecutors, criminal intelligence, analysts, child protective services, victim services, and child advocacy center professionals in 28 states. The training program also works across public safety and law enforcement departments, including sheriff's departments, border control, game wardens, and even National Park Police. I mean, that's amazing too, because National Park Police, middle of the woods, there's a big correspondence there. So that is great that they're even going to all sorts of officials, not just one or two or three. Yeah, it's really awesome to hear that <clears throat> everything is getting that much more connected and them all working together and getting, like you said, the proper training because, like you said, they're interacting with the public far more often than ICAC and stuff like that was or are. And that's another line of defense right there. Right. And uh, something that they mention is they wanted to stop waiting for children to ask for help i think that's a good message to get across stop at like waiting for children to ask you for help they're teaching these things so that they realize the signs so that the child doesn't even have to ask because there are situations where the child can't ask or doesn't feel safe to ask or got threatened things if they even talk well, so last, last week's episode the video we talked about where the little girl was with the man and she doesn't say a single word till she's completely out of his grasp. Yeah, that's a really good example, though, for sure. Uh, they say that while they are treating all calls to the trafficking hotline seriously, the extreme volume of these contacts has made it more difficult for the trafficking hotline to provide support and attention to others who are in need of help. The organization said the statement posted to the website in July. So this has... This has been around for a good amount of time, actually. It's news to me and probably news to you guys, because like I said, this is something that the media and the news does not put their focus on. So you either have to go search for the this information, search for these articles, or listen to podcasts like us to know. Yeah, Hopefully uh, the media starts you, talking about things like this. If you look at our sources, I know not everyone has the time to do it but we always post the links and they're almost always local news it's never uh i mean it might be a big media as far as like being like abc or nbc local or something like that but it never makes the national news or anything like that no never on television and uh it's always has to be searchable articles or maybe it's an article you run across on facebook but it's definitely not common. It's not something that everybody's talking about. And that's why we talk about it. Thank you for listening, liking, commenting, and subscribing. I appreciate y'all. Until next time, Banana Cats. Banana Cats. Much love. Peace.